Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. It's been said about human nature that we build little worlds, little stories, little shells around our minds in order to keep infinity out and to allow us to wake up in the morning without screaming. Our campaign is Horror on the Orient Express, and this is episode 86. I'm your Game Master, and Jeff Wilkins will be giving our recap. After so long a journey, our players arrive tonight back in London in the hopes of freeing themselves from their burden. Let's continue our journey into the darkness. Jeff? Tom? In our last episode, we had met with the Duke, and he had given us the spell needed to defeat Makriat. We had tried it all on one another just to be safe, and none of us were him. We found ourselves out of that big cathedral back on the train as we expected. We're trying to come up with a plan on how and where to destroy Makriat. We're not sure where the simulacrum is, where, uh, where it is now, or to how to destroy it exactly. But first things first, eliminate Makriat first. We decided to start in our own train car and go door to door. Harrow was first but he's not in his room. We find Elena. Eldritch applies the spell to her with no result. Good. Moving on to the next one. Amu passes. Margaret's room is also empty, although we do find a large book with pressed butterflies. Nakamura passes the test also. As we change plans to start searching the foregone, suddenly Dr. Keith hears a noise coming from Margarita's room, uh, which should be empty. Eldritch breaks the door open, and to our surprise, uh, we see Mr. Harrow. There's a bit of an awkward back and forth as we question him why he's in the room, and that's when Harrow makes an attempt to get near the door and tells us to leave. Eldritch, without hesitation, casts a spell, and to our horror, Harrow's skin splits down the middle of his chest, and all of his internal organs slip out and land into Eldritch's own outstretched arms. It's no doubt we have finally found Bakriot and defeated him. Dr. Keith won the pool, as that's who she suspected all along. Dr. Keith informs Elena that we have killed Makria and that her mission is somewhat solved now, too. Dr. Dr. Dawkins goes back to Harrow's room to search for any additional clues. He finds a telegram, uh, and the, the talk about the simulacrum must be in London. He also finds several passports from Harrow, Margaret, and Margarita. Our next order of business is to find the simulacrum. This time, the staff of the train believes that we have saved everyone from the terrorists, so they're willing to give us access to anywhere we want to go, which is in search of the foregones. We start searching and looking for a container that will be large enough to hold all the pieces of the statue. As we're looking, the Duke de Sante shows up. He's dressed in modern-day clothing and is obnoxiously telling us to hurry up and find the statue. The search continues, and Dr. Dawkins uses this opportunity to maneuver his way around the Duke, at which point he takes out the Mim Sahis. He's just waiting for the right time to plunge it into his back. And that's when Frank finds a box that looks like it, that this is it. It has a sticker on it that says Constantinople. The Duke is excited and distracted. Dr. Dawkins makes his move. He stabs the Duke. He works the knife in ways to sever the spinal cord as well. The Duke falls to the ground and is pleading for his life. Eldridge joins in with the brutal murder and starts to kick the Duke's head. That's when Dr. Dawkins delivers the final death blow by taking the knife to the Duke's brain. That kills him. In the aftermath, Dr. Dawkins has a crazed look in his eye. 
it's as if he enjoys this immensely. And there for a second, he realizes that we've all witnessed him commit this murder. Thankfully, Dr. Dawkins composes himself, and we end up pushing the large duke out the door of the train. We have, in fact, found the simulacrum. The train pulls into Paris. We have our baggage, including the simulacrum. We make final travel plans to end up in London, and that's where we're supposed to pick things up. All right. Thank you so much for giving the recap. <laughs> yes, indeed, you, uh, from uh, Paris to Calais, from Calais to Dover, and then you get on the train from Dover to London. Um, at 2.30 p.m., I'm not sure of the date any longer, but I believe that it's late February sometime, you arrive back in London. You still have almost, maybe, maybe slightly less than a day before your time is going to run out. Um, at Victoria Station, um, uh, there's a lot of, of relief on many of the passengers who went all the way to London with you. Um, the howering stories that they're going to tell their family and friends about the terrorists you have no doubt that they're going to do that. Um, you're all on the platform in London. What are you going to do? Um, you also have a single large trunk with the simulacrum pieces in it. And you are feeling your uh, corruption. Your achy. How many hours do we have exactly? Well, there's no exact time, but... Okay. Do we have an estimate? Probably around 20. Okay. Because uh, we made this time we getting... We a number of the scrolls now, don't we? All but one of the scrolls. That's correct. Were there any scrolls in with the simulacrum? Yes. There were. Oh, is that what you just asked me? I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You have them all except the scroll of the left hand. The scroll of the left hand is the one that has the cleansing spell. In that case, I propose that we, um, we head hot foot for Islington and um, Macriot's uh, shop. We're looking for a hat shop. Is that right? Yes, I believe it's a, no, it's an, I think, I thought it was an antique shop. I think so too. Okay. I think so. Um, how are you going to get there? By train? No. We're no, you're done. in London. Oh, we're in, well, I, I don't know where, uh, can't we catch, uh, uh, grab a taxi? There should be a taxi. Yes, let's, let's grab a cab. Um, and, um, I would like Dr. Elizabeth and, and Dawkins to uh, do a spot hidden. No, I got a 92. So I don't see anything. Oh, yes, I've passed. Uh, 26 out of 45. 
Dr. Elizabeth, as you guys are sort of composing yourselves and figuring out what to do, and you've decided you're going to take a cab, you look over, there's, of course, a long line of cabs. And there are also cabbies who are waiting for people holding signs. You see, you know, there's a, there's a, um, a, a Georgeson and there's a, a, a Smith and there's all these signs. And there's one little cabbie, one fat little cabbie sitting, standing there, looks exhausted, looks like he's been standing there for a couple of hours. And he's holding a sign and it says, Mac Rat. M A C R A T. Could, could this be the famous Mac the Rat? <laughs> Do you point it out? Because I don't think so. <laughs> yes, I shall, I shall point it out. Now, now, gentlemen, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that's an attempt at uh, writing Macriat. Yes. We mentioned, we talked about this um, previously on the train, about perhaps um, posing as Macriat. Yes, yes indeed. Who, who should do it? And, and should we do it? Hmm. Well, I mean, for the, for the purposes of um, stealing his taxi, yeah, and he might already have um, instructions to take him right to the shop. But, um, Dawkins, channeling your, your paranoia, um, what if this is not just some cabbie? Because it's been arranged. What if this is one of his uh, plants? Well, if it's one of his plants, they don't know if he made it off the train. Well, they don't know that he's dead. He could be one of us, for all they know. They know that he has, I guess, the power to do so, to like change shape and form. So, And if they start asking questions, you can just tell them to shut up. You're the boss, remember? It's been a long ride. And you're exhausted from all that spell casting you were doing on the train. Can can I uh, ask? Do any of us speak Turkish? No, that's the problem. Do any of you speak what? Turkish. Oh, Turkish. I I, I don't. I speak German and Russian and English. Yep. All right. Well. Um, the jig is up when, when, they, when they ask us something in Turkish, but until then, I think we're okay. Who this, wants guy, to... this guy looks just like your average, everyday cabbie. Oh, I'm, ta I'm talking about when he drives us to the location, oh. and there's someone there, and they go, hello, Makriyat, something in Turkish, and then we go, Mazel tov. And they go, it's, it's you, and, <laughs> and they attack. Um, all right. Who wants to approach? Not all at once. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure that, that, um, that he'd occupy, I don't know whether or not he'd occupy the body of a, a, a woman, whether he'd actually do that, because we 
I don't think he did when he was on the no the train. He may want to impersonate someone like Doctor Dawkins, someone with high standing, and a you know. Mm -hmm. Why, why Doctor Dawkins? I don't know. What about uh, you, Eldridge, the the master of uh, talk? Uh, yeah, I'm good at talking to people. I'm the, the master, people. the master of diplomacy and, and uh, charisma. Well, if it comes yeah. down to it, I have a, a, a rather impressive five in disguise perhaps that might come in handy yeah want to, for example wear a hat <laughs> you fool me into thinking you were a man <laughs> <laughs> i've never been so insulted in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and i and i and i don't say that like thomas and i say it like eldritch just like completely stoic and like yeah you could fool me uh um i will um, oh, I subtext there, mate. No, I will. Just the subtext. I will uh, approach. I, I I will pose. How about that? Okay. Okay. Um, uh, as, as you're walking towards, of course, there's a lot of people on the on the train station right now. Um, he sort of half glances up at you, uh, not knowing whether you're actually going to come up to him or not. Um, as you're walking towards him, and I and I, I want to uh, make direct eye contact and, and nod and uh, and kind of hold up my hand like this and say it's me. Right now, I wish I could do a Cockney accent because that's what I really need to do at this point. But okay, imagine in your head, Dick Van Dyke doing this voice <laughs> in his perfect Cockney accent. It's perfect. <laughs> Most people agree with that. I've had enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> Come back, Dr. Keith. He's, he's right. on his way to California right now. <laughs> I got to say, though, that I've heard that comment on Somebody on television was doing something, and, and every English person said that his, they just, who has the worst Cockney accent, they'd go, Dick Van Dyke, Dick Van Dyke. Did anybody say Dick Van Dyke? That's really uh, funny. Yeah. All right. Um, he says, right. He says, uh, you, you're this uh, Macrat guy? Macriat. I correct his pronunciation. He says, uh, well, it's, it's good you finally showed up. I've been here for. Three hours every day for the past three days. As the train was the uh, train was delayed. These are my associates. I point to the other three. All right, you got you got some uh, luggage there. Let's see if we can get that in the back. I nod, and I will I will step aside and allow him to take my bag. All right. Um. So he he gets you all situated. Uh. You get the impression from him that uh, everything's already been paid for. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, now, you said that we're going to uh, uh, your uh, Islington, yes? We're going to Islington, yes, uh, which is in you, the city. <laughs> you said uh, uh, three Balfrey Lane, yes? I nod. This is all right. Just got to tell you, I'm not really that. Uh, keen on going into Islington with all the stuff going on there lately. Well, uh, 
I kind of I kind of give him uh, an eye and I say, well, what's happening in Islington? I, as you can see, I've been out of the country. Oh, you haven't been reading the papers then? No. He says, well, now he's getting you in the taxi and he's starting to drive. So we're having this conversation as he's sitting there. One, yeah. he has to sit up front, so it might as well be you. Sure. He's like, well, you know, he says, first there was that, uh, that, uh, uh, that shopkeeper. What was his last name? Uh, Osborne. That uh, his uh, his little uh, gentleman's outfit his shop got all torn up and he got murdered. Uh, that was that was a big news. And then right after that, there's uh, some homeless guy found in the basement. Uh, it's all right in that neighborhood, right where uh, right where we're going. So if you don't mind, I'll uh, help you out, and uh, then I'm gonna skedaddle out of there. And, and, and I nod and I say, well, everything has been paid for, so I don't see why you can't do that. So he's like, uh, and then there's that, that thing just uh, yesterday, and he uh, says in the newspaper, I forget, uh, the school teacher that's gone missing. And he, uh, he sort of points, there's a, there's a newspaper in the back seat. Uh, I'll turn and look at the other three, who are most likely in the back seat. All right. Who'd like to read it? Me? All right. <laughs> I'll read it. Islington schoolmaster missing. Concerns over his safety. Police appeal for assistance. Police have expressed concern over the disappearance of Mr. Arthur Bowman, 53, a schoolmaster at the Hanover Street School in Islington. Mr. Bowman was reported missing by his landlady, Miss Jane Parks, when he failed to return to her boarding house on Orlinston Road, Islington. I apologize to all of our British listeners listening. His absence is out of character for this respected schoolmaster of many years standing in the community. In light of recent events in the area, police ask that anyone with information about the disappearance is requested to contact Inspector Joseph Phillips. Or, yeah, Joseph Phillips. And this happened yesterday, today? Uh, yesterday. It was in yesterday's paper. All right. Um, yeah, this is right, right. Bad business going on there. I never heard of so many, many things happening right in the same area. At least not all at once like that. And I kind of lean back into my chair, but I'm just kind of like staring out the window, trying to put the pieces together because obviously they're all connected, but I don't see necessarily how right now, right this second. Well, from what the cabbie sort of implies is that, uh, let's see, uh, the original shopkeeper, uh, uh, he was killed on Nelson Street. Um, the vagrant was found on Combe Street. Uh, this uh, Arthur Bowman, uh, that was on Hanover Street. These are all right next to uh, uh, Boffrey Lane, where you're going, within a block or two. Okay, so they're all adjacent streets. Um, all right, well, I can't say anything with the cabbie in the car. Right, he says, I don't know, there's some, it's like, it's like that old Jack the Ripper, there's something going on in that neighborhood. Perhaps they've been grabbed by the tongs. Oh, uh, yes. I don't know what kind of instruments they've been grabbed with, but... Uh... I, I turned to, uh, I turned to Dr. 
I turned to Dr. Keith and I say, I didn't know that London had tongs here. I, I honestly had no idea that London had tongs. Oh, yes. Have you never read any um, Sax Roma? No, I, I mean, I knew that the tongs had spread to like Chicago and New York and of course San oh, Francisco. Lime, Limehouse. Limehouse. Oh. Lime, Limehouse is always uh, oh, no, no, notorious for, for tong activity. Do you, is it just the one tong or is it several? Do you know? Oh, I, I believe there's, there's a number of them. I, I look to the cabbie and because uh, and, and, he probably looks confused. He probably has that face right now. No, no he's probably uh, just. <laughs> uh, and, I, and I look at him and I say, uh, the tongs are uh, uh, an organization developed by the Chinese. Chinese, you say? Well, says, I don't know nothing about that. He says, I can tell you that uh, that school is right next to a, a, a shoe store, a, a, a shoe repair store. So you could say he might have been caught by the cobblers. I don't laugh. <laughs> I, just, I just kind of like turn and look at <laughs> I don't make a very I'm, good joke. I'm, ch I'm channeling Macriot right now. So I just like turn and, and glare at him. All right. So unless you guys want to say something or do something, you're going to arrive in Islington. Um, now, I don't know anything about Islington. I, I, I thought it was a, a separate town outside of London. Um, it's in... Um, it's like a borough. London. Okay. So... Um, you're going to an area where there's lots of shops. Okay, so there's lots of shops, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bad side of town. There's, there's, the, three killings are, is not normal in Islington. It's London. I imagine killings are normal in, in London. But. Three killings in a neighborhood in the space of a week is not normal anywhere in London. Okay. So, Even I mean... Even town. And there, and there isn't any... Because what I'm essentially implying is there's no tong activity there's no gang activity there's no there's no probably seedy not. underbelly okay yeah there's probably a seedy underbelly but it's the same everywhere it's okay not that seedy unless you go um, to central london don't hang around in a back alley anywhere in yeah. just because it's not a good idea anyway all right so it doesn't take you very long to get to islington um, uh, the cabbie pulls up, uh, right in front of a, uh, shop and on the, uh, uh, the sign above the shop, it's, uh, Macriot's antique shop. There's other shops around it. You can see that you just crossed, uh, uh, Combe street and the next street over is, uh, uh, Nelson street. So you're in the neighborhood where all these, you're literally right in the neighborhood where all these things have been happening. Um, the shop is kind of quaint on the outside. The windows are, sh uh, they're, they're shuttered closed. Uh, the, the, wind, the, the door is closed. The curtains are drawn on the, on the window and the door. And there's a little sign that says closed. It doesn't look like anybody's been in there for a while. Um, and the cabbie, Let's you out. He uh, sets your uh, your luggage and your your simulacrum on the the curb. Uh, 
thanks you very much. And he doesn't even like wait for a tip. He gets back in his cabin. He's gone because he is creeped out by this neighborhood. Hmm. Just in case we get confronted, um, if you're posing as Makriat, who are we? Are we going to use our real names? I don't know about that. Uh, if, if we're dealing with agents of Makriat, he's probably informed them, hey, there are these four assholes. Their names are these. Mm-hmm. Um, for now... For now, I'm just going to call you guys my uh, associates. If you want to kind of figure that out amongst yourselves. What about uh, Tom? Would you, you had mentioned when Dr. Dawkins was searching the, the train car um, that he found the three other passports? Yes. Would we have it about us to have taken those? Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Yeah. So perhaps we could pose as I forget who they were, but um The only thing that uh that uh Helena took from you was the the schedule of uh Prince Edward, was it? That uh was his real target. This is me nodding, yes. Edward would have been his target. No, Andrew. Andrew, yeah, wasn't it Andrew? Sorry. I don't know my is, royals very well. Is, is Edward the prince that's coming up? Yeah, he wasn't going for that one. He was going for the next one in line. Oh, okay. The second one in line. That way he could learn how to be a king before he actually... Moved into the spot. Right. So one of us could be Harrow. One of us could be... Dr. Keith, you could be Margarita. It seems like it was faded that way. <laughs> and I can't remember the other name. I'm drawing a blank as well. Well, who are you? Who are you talking about? The three, the, the, the three the, passports that we that we would be. Uh, it would have been uh, Mar- Margarita, Haro, and. Um. Uh, what's his name? Now, see, I'm drawing a blank. Thank you. Uh, you said his name just a few minutes ago. Um, Margrave. Margrave. There you go. So you can. I mean, Doctor Keith. Of course, it's going to be Margarita. Okay. Or Margrave or Harrow. It doesn't really matter. Uh, I'm not going to, you know, judge you, Doctor Keith. No, I will be uh, Margarita. I am fighting so hard not to <laughs> Margarita Prakatan personation right now. Um, is anyone around? It's the middle of the day. It's it's the afternoon. It's probably about three o'clock. Well, wait, what time did you arrive? Two thirty? No, two fifty. So it's probably around four. Okay. Um, yeah, there's probably some people up and down the street walking, going to other shops and things like that. Um, Can I... Yeah, I, what I wanted to do is, um, well, I'm 
um, Eldridge is, is like looking around. I'm going to try to look around, but, you know, maybe through the windows, um, not through the windows, but at the windows of the houses and buildings around us to see if there's anybody that's sort of glancing out, looking at us, you know. It doesn't look like you can't really see in the other shops because, you know, it's from the, the contrast of the light, it's kind of dark inside. Uh, Macriot shop is a two-story affair. It's, uh, it's made out of brick. Um, it's probably a resident on the top floor. The bottom floor is the shop. Um, both, both stories are fairly tall stories. Was was there a key in in his in among his belongings? There was not. Oh dear! I'll try the door. Is it unlocked or is it it's locked? locked? Okay. Is there? Can I do a um, search head and see if somebody might have left the key on the? Uh, you know, on the outside somewhere, like maybe hide it up on the uh, borders. Um, go ahead and do a search roll. Or a search roll, yeah. Yeah. And I make it 54. Okay. You're thoroughly searching, you don't find anything. <laughs> now there's a glass, I mean, the door is partly glass. Here's another question. Is this, so is this connected to, so you have the shop here, you have the upstairs. Is it connected on both sides to another building? or It's is connected this? on one side to another building and on the other side there's a small alley, but it's not much larger than you could just walk through one person. Well, I'd, I'd suggest that we're going to uh, break in. Well, let's have a good look let's outside. Yeah, there, there is there a yeah, is there a back? Is there a back door? I don't know. You can't see a back door from here. Yeah, is that's there, where. I was... Is there an alleyway that would lead us? Yeah, yeah. Like just... I say, on one side of the building, there's a. Um, one side of the building. Actually, it's kind of funny because the building itself was built between two other buildings. So on one side, uh, there's a gap on both sides. But on one side, the gap is large enough where you can walk down it, and the other is probably only about like that. Okay, okay. so we just go down the one that we can walk through. Okay. Or I go. I look to Makriya and say, don't you have the key? I look at the other two, and I point, and I say, watch him. Okay. <laughs> watch him. Um. Uh, as you walk along the side of the building, you get about halfway to the back, and you can see that there's a small window on the side of the building, but it's also shuttered and closed on the inside. Um, but it's it's in in a, in a place that's a little more hidden, also um, more accessible. When you get to the back, it opens up into a larger alley, and you can see a lot of the buildings on this street and the street behind have kind of a common alley where they put all their garbage and stuff like that. And there is a back door. Back here, it's much uh, darker. Some of the buildings are three stories high. It's, it's shady. There's nobody back here at the moment. There's no 
well, there's actually, there's a, a couple of windows for light, but they don't seem to be, you know, people aren't looking out the windows. So this is a back window. Um, they are also covered up on, on Mockery Out Shop. Hmm. Did you say it was like an apartment upstairs? Yeah. Most of these shops have apartments upstairs. I'm, I'm just continuing to, um, to wait outside the shop. I'm just thinking, I mean, I'm not against breaking in, but I'm wondering if we rang the doorbell for the apartment upstairs that maybe they have a spare key. There's no doorbell. There's the door. no way to the apartment upstairs except from inside. Oh, it's connected to the shop? It's, yeah, it's, it's upstairs in the shop. People live above their shops. So, all right, maybe I'm just, I'm not clear then. Is this like an apartment that he would rent out to just anybody no, or is no, this no, no, like no. his apartment? It would be his, it would be his place. Oh, I see. Okay. Break in it is. I grab a rock and start walking towards the door, the back door. Okay. There's an old brick. All right. Uh, next to the, the back door. Now, the back door is a solid door, uh, like a metal door. But the, um, there's a window right next to it. Crash. Okay. Um, go ahead and do a luck roll for me. Ooh, 91. Okay, it makes a lot of noise. <laughs> so you've, uh, you all stand there, you all cringe for a moment looking around, um, but nobody comes out. Why did we give the crazy man the, uh, the brick? He just picked it up. Nobody stopped me. <laughs> I reach in, careful not to cut myself, and... Uh, Unlock the window, climb into the window, and reach around and unlock the back door. Okay. Um, when you climb through the window, um, do a do a dexterity roll for me. Yes. Yes. There you go. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. In oh nine. Oh nine. Oh man. <laughs> All right. Uh, as you are going through the window, uh, there's something right next to the window. It's, it's dark inside. And there's something like next to the window. It could be a statue or something like that. And uh, you put your hand on it and it starts to fall. And you, you catch it and keep it from falling as you climb through the window. Um, you can see that the door is just to your... Uh, uh, well, as you, you've come through the door, it's just to your right. Um, and you're able to unlock. It's got one of those twisty lock things on it. Um, you do that and the door opens. You are in a back storage room. Um, do the rest of you come in? Or Dr. Elizabeth, are you still up in the front? Yes, I'm, I'm sitting on the trunk. Okay. I am uh, La Donna Margarita Delgada. Okay. I do not spend my time in alleyways. Um, you're in a fairly small area. 
there's lots of things, boxes and knickknacks and and candelabra, odd-looking things. Some of them look like they're uh, Middle Eastern, Egyptian, things like that on shelves. Um, some of them look valuable. Some of them look not so valuable. Uh, but it's a fairly small area with lots of boxes in it that you've come through. And just to your... Now, I'm assuming the window is to your back. So it's just to your left is a staircase going up. And just in front of you, it looks like there is a, a way into the shop. It's kind of like a red curtain that's hung uh, in an archway uh, that probably leads into the shop. So let me show you. So you have come in on the the right-hand side of the picture where the window is. And Dr. Keith is outside in the front on okay. the left-hand side of the picture. Then it, uh, I will pass the curtain and I will walk to the front door and I will see if I can unlock it and allow her to come inside because I don't want her just sitting out there with the with the right. You're able to do that rather easily. Okay. Um, now, my picture is empty, but this room is filled with antiques. Uh, they look mostly Middle Eastern and Egyptian sort of things. Um, statues, uh, Nick, uh, you know, like I say, uh, uh, things that look like uh, Egyptian gods and goddesses. And um, the room is, is, is dimly lit just by the cracks in the windows. Um, but there's, um, there is a, an electric light switch. Um, I will flip it now, Tom. Let me ask you. Um, I see storage, and I see all the this, all these crates and stuff like that. Right. What is is that stairs leading up or down? Up. Okay. So probably to his apartment upstairs. Correct. Okay. Um, can I do a spot hidden? I'm I'm looking for the scrolls or a scroll. You're in the you're in the main shop area. Yeah, I unlocked the door for Doctor Keith. All right, go ahead and do a, a spot hidden for me. Okay, let me. I actually seem to can. Let's see, exit full screen mode. There we go. And I roll. What is my spot hidden? Sixty-five, fifty-three. Yeah, I pass. Okay. Um, you look around and you do see a number of um, parchments, papyruses, and things like that, but nothing that looks like that scroll that uh, that you already had in your possession. Um, you also notice that there is a thin layer of dust on everything. Of course, that's not surprising. He hasn't been here for as long as you haven't been here for almost a month. Yeah. <clears throat> Gentlemen, I, I, I would um, appreciate some help with, um, dragging this luggage into the shop. I'll take it from Dr. Keith. Um, and, I'll, and I'll kind of, with her help, pull it inside. Um, okay. But as we're pulling, I want to look at Dr. Keith, because I imagine that we're, we're close together. So we're out on the street pulling it in and say, it's just occurred to me that we don't necessarily know what language the scroll 
is in. Well, the original scroll that you had was in Turkish and Arabic. Yeah. But we don't know if the if this new scroll will be in Turkish and Arabic. It may be just be Turkish. It may just be well, in Arabic. It's, it's, it's a fair guess that we'll um, we'll need to find an Arabist. No. And uh, with that, we'll put the uh, – th th is there an empty corner? I see two corners in the main shop. That's Look just my picture. The, the room is filled with okay. stuff. It's um, like an, like an old-fashioned antique shop. It's everywhere. I just don't want to – Haul this upstairs if we have. Can we, so I look at Doctor Keith and I say, "Let's put it, pull it in the storage behind the uh, the curtain." Okay. And just hide it amongst those crates. Good. All right. So we'll take it back there. Okay. And as I set it down on the ground, I look at the others and I say, well, what now? There's no, there's some parchments out there in the, in the shop, but none of them look like the kind of thing that we're looking for. Well, my, my, my betting is that he'd, uh, he'd keep something like that in, in his own uh, private apartments. Yeah. Private or that he hid it here in the clutter in the back. Hmm? True. Safe. Um... No one, uh, and I look at Dr. Keith, no one saw, uh, no one was really like looking at the shop as we were coming in, right? No one was like observing us or watching us from the alleys or shadows. You didn't see anybody. Okay. Well, I guess we have the run of the place. Let's be tentative, but um, I point to the stairs. I say, if, if anywhere I agree with Dawkins, it'll probably be upstairs. If not in the hidden uh, in plain sight amongst the uh, the scrolls out there. What was the statue that I almost knocked over? Looks like it was like a statue of Anubis. Uh, Frank, do a spot hidden roll for me. Then. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to start poking around. 59 is a pass. 65. Okay. You start poking around at some of this stuff. You look at that same statue. You look at some of the stuff on the shelves. Um, uh, some of it looks like, you know, there's even like antique toys and things like that. Um, but you suddenly start looking at this shit and you start realizing some of this stuff is cheap. This, hmm. is not, uh, this is not authentic. This is made out of plaster. You know, this is, these are like cheap knockoffs of things. They're, uh, uh, Macriot must be selling uh, fake antiques for the most part. Some of these are real, some of them are not, but most of them are fakes. Hmm. Okay. Uh, plaster, I'm thinking it's hollowed out and maybe he had it inside of it. That's where the other one was. It was inside of a taxidermy bear. Um, when you say plaster, do you mean like jars or sculptures or like sculptures? You know, they're just made out of plaster of Paris, like a, a bust, like a head, shoulder, head, that thing. Right. Like there's one of Nefertiti with her 
like from the British Museum, except that it's obvious the paint is kind of flaking off in places. So. Perhaps, perhaps the shop acts as a front, allowing him to import other things from the Middle East. I think so. Who knows what he might be involved in? Well, we know that murder is one of them. Yes. I'm going to grab the Nefertiti one and smash it. Okay. <laughs> um, you just, I, I, I can see you just sort of pick it up and yep. smash it to the ground. It shatters into uh, a bunch of chunks and uh, white dust sort of wafts into the air, but it's just a big plaster, cheap-ass thing. Wasn't that one? Wasn't that one? It's probably not here. It's probably upstairs. But I also want to add, Frank, it felt really good, so add one sanity. This is this is not a, a panic room where you can just take your aggressions out on the objects around you. We're trying to do this with as little uh, contaminating evidence and, and incriminating evidence as possible. So let's head upstairs. This is our lives depend on this. We have to find this thing. It's not going to be in the statue of Nefertiti. I then what? look at the statue of Anubis. <laughs> Uh, no, but seriously. Uh, I'm going to go. Oops. <laughs> I, oh, sorry. I'm going to leave Frank to his own devices with the other two. They can manage him. I'm going to go upstairs. Apparently, you can't. Um, I'll go with Eldritch to back him up, but I will say to Frank, careful now with knocking things over. We don't want anybody to call the authorities while we're in here. All right. All right. Well, yell if you need me upstairs. Based on what you just said, um, Eldridge, you're going up the stairs, and Dr. Dawkins, you're following right behind him. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, the stairs are fairly narrow, and when you reach the top, uh, there is some light coming in from the upstairs windows, uh, but uh, you don't immediately find any kind of light switch. Um, so it's still kind of dim and dark up there. Do you want to do anything as you reach the top of the stairs? Um, I'm ready my, uh, my medical instrument. Well, I meant as far as being able to see where you're going. Yeah. Uh, could I make a spot hidden? I imagine that I'm kind of leading the way. I don't want, I don't want to fall or, or, or trip Dawkins up. Okay. Sure. Yeah, you're leading the way. You're definitely okay. leading the way. Let me do a spot hidden and 50. Okay. You don't see any light switches or anything right around there. I say, Dawkins, it's very odd. There's no lights on the second floor, the apartment portion of a shop. Hmm. I know it would be interesting if somehow, some way we can enhance your eyes so that you'd be able to see in the dark. I 
and and my my hand is in in my pocket um, over the you know sort of uh, fondling the the knife a bit. I'm I'm told that the, the carrots are quite helpful. I I jump out of my skin because I didn't think that you were right behind me. <laughs> I'm not staying down there. Holy, with, with, holy with hell! Coach. Um, he's going. He's going crazy and breaking things what what you can tell eldridge from the shape of the building and the direction you're going the stairs go to the top there's a landing and then there's a hallway going to your right into the apartment well if so i know there still could be a light switch but farther in if i've learned anything from my uh from my experience reading droves and droves and droves of crappy unpublished pulp novels it's that we go up the stairs, we turn the corner, and there's a door. And at the end of the, that hallway, we open the door, and there's something there. So, Dawkins, why don't you go first? Very well. <laughs> okay. I still want to know how you're going to be able to see where you're going. I'm just trying to feel my way, I guess. Um, okay. Try to, like, find a wall and then, like, there's no windows out looking over the, the alleyway or anything like that? No, not looking over the alleyway, nothing. There's, so we're, it's just wall. It's just wall going up. Walls going up to a wall, and then a, it's obviously turning a corner there and going into the apartment. Was there anything downstairs, like a candle or something like that, that I could possibly grab? And then... Well, don't you guys have flashlights? If, if, if we do, I don't know if they're necessarily with us. I've got a box of matches. <laughs> I'm um, imagining I don't, I don't have. I'm, I'm sure there would be lanterns or something downstairs. You know, oil burning lamps or. I'll go downstairs. I'll, 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 I'll ask Dawkins to hold for me, and I'll go downstairs and prep an oil lamp and light it with my cigarette lighter. And uh, and yeah. Oh, I mean, I have a cigarette lighter, but I don't want to waste the gas, so. I'll I'll be proactive and light a light a oil lantern. Okay. All right, um, Doctor Dawkins, yeah. uh, do a listen roll. No, no, okay. no, no, ninety six. All right, you don't hear anything. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what doesn't he hear? <laughs> All right, so uh, Eldridge, you go back downstairs, you find an oil lamp that does have some oil in it, and you light it. Okay. So um, it's fairly fairly well bright. Um, okay. You're going back up the stairs? Going right back up the stairs. I'll be right. behind Dawkins with the lamp. Kind of All right. Now you can see clearly that the, the corner turns and uh, uh, it, it as you reach the, or who's going first? Yeah, is Dr. Dawkins going first? All right. Yeah. So as you get to the top of the stairs, you can see it turns into a small hallway and goes into a larger room. There is no door there. Okay. Hmm. Um, both of you do a listen roll. On me again? Yeah, both. Yeah, you and, and Eldridge. Four. Nope, 85. Okay. 
Um, Dr. Dawkins is taking a few steps forward. You can hear a squeaking in the floor because it's, it's a wooden floor. Um, but Eldridge, you think you hear something else and you, you quickly put your hand on Dr. Dawkins' shoulder and stop him from moving. And for a split second after he stops moving, you think you can hear something up ahead, like a scratching noise. And then it's gone. You don't know where it came from. It just came from ahead. I... Now, you can't, now you can see that there are, um, I believe there are two windows. Um, no, I'm sorry. You can't see. The, you can see that there, uh, there is a window on the side. Um, and uh, here you're looking down a hallway. Uh, you can see there's a window to your your left hand side, and that there's a door on the far end, probably going into another room. But there's a big room up ahead that you haven't gotten to yet. That's just open. Uh, and you're okay. pretty sure you heard something, maybe rats. Rats on the floor. Okay. Um. The window to my left, is that painted shut? Can I open it? Well, you haven't gotten to it yet. You'd have to go into the big room. How far, if I'm on the threshold, how far is it? Is it a five-foot walk? Is it a 10-foot walk? Maybe another 15 feet. Holy fuck, this is a huge room. Um, I whispered to Dawkins, I heard something. Something is in here. I oh, think no. I'm not. I think that we should get the others. Their strength in numbers. If it is something, right. four less are better than two. Well, yeah. I'll I'll go and get the others. If you're going to stay here, keep the. Light. I'll yeah. I'll I'll stay here and I'll kind of hold the light. Uh, so if I'm standing there, I'm standing, uh, trying to illuminate the the stairway behind me. Okay. Um, so you're standing, you're standing with the lantern pointed towards the stairs so that he can see his way down. I'm kind of holding it above me okay. so that way I can still see the things ahead of me, but also kind of give uh, a little bit of light that kind of okay. cascades over the, the stairs. Do a luck roll for me. Always good. Okay. And oh, 55 out of 30. You have 30 luck? I have, I have 30 luck. I've been spending it. All right. <clears throat> Can I spend luck points? As you're, as you're standing there, um, two things happen. Three things happen. Oh, okay. Three first things. Is, That's always good. The first is you hear a scuttling sound. Um, it sounds like a large scuttling sound. Uh, it seems to be coming from kind of above you. Um, you glance up and around the corner on the ceiling from in the room, but into the coming into the hallway, 
something large scuttles on the ceiling. And the third thing is you suddenly get hit by something wet and slimy and it knocks you down. Okay. Uh, down the stairs? No, or? it just knocks you, knocks you towards the stairs and down onto your hands and knees. Uh, How you, is the light? You've managed to set the light sort of down as you fell. But whatever it is, is coming up behind you. And it's making a chittering sort of sound, a screechy, chittering sort of sound. Um, now, I, I would have to be dead. No, at this point, you hear all that. Uh, but you've like taken four or five steps down the stairs. So you suddenly hear Eldridge at least probably oh, like this as he gets hit by something. And you hear crashing and skittering and Do you hear do the others hear it downstairs? Yeah, they can hear it on the they can hear something going on upstairs immediately. All right. I'm going to uh not scream, but I'm gonna yell out Dawkins' name as I kind of get myself into a into a position to where uh the I see the incoming thing and if I can kick it. Okay. Um I wanna know what Dawkins is gonna do. I don't know. I'm, I'm like, part, part of me is like, shit, what the hell is that? I'm going to run down the stairs and instead of getting the others, I'm going to run out of the front door. And really? Instead of like helping your friend? No, nah, I, say, I said part of me is feeling that way. <laughs> um, I'm not going to, I'll, I'll yell downstairs for the others to come quickly. And I'm going to turn around, and as soon as this thing lunges at at uh, Eldridge, I guess I'm going to try to move in to attack. Okay, uh, Frank, you hear all this commotion all of a sudden. Did you find it? Come quickly. Well, both of you guys downstairs, your impression now is that there must have been somebody up there, and they've attacked uh, Eldridge and uh, Dawkins. All you've heard is crashing all of a sudden going on up there. Some manner of conflagration. Um, well, I, I'm going to go racing up there. Okay. Um, Me too. Probably a cat or something. All right. Eldridge. I'll, I'll, I'll draw my, my life preserver. Uh, Eldridge, you were knocked forward onto your hands and knees, and you immediately, you turn back, and like you say, you're going to try to kick whatever it is. What comes around the corner and drops onto the floor in front of you? It's difficult to describe. Let me give a description. <laughs> oh, okay, always good to hear. Imagine, imagine, if you will, a thing composed of human body parts, uh, skin and bones, uh, human skin and bones, the body. Imagine if the sternum were gone and the ribs had opened up like this and it was moving almost like a centipede with its ribs along the ground. Um, what it threw at you were, were its bowels, oh, which you sweet. were hit with. And uh, the thing is rearing up and it's about to pounce on you. Is there any, are, are there hands, are there feet? Is it just a torso? 
No, it's it's got hands and feet. The hands don't seem to be doing much. Um, it's got a head, but the head is sort of just lolling there. It's like that's not the thing that's really animated. It's the body itself that sort of is animated like a creature. So it's literally like the head is dragging across the floor. The the, the arms are like slumping across the floor. Right. The legs are like propelling it forward. But the, but the bones and the skin are somehow being animated to to drag this thing. It's not a, it's not a pretty picture. Um, it's also not clumsy either. It seems to be moving very, very much like an insect. I'm... I don't want to do that. I don't want to take the light and just like bash it and then have oil spill all over it and, and light it on fire. Because that would not only uh, light the house on fire, but that gets rid of our only light source. So I am just going to um, forcefully kind of kick its, I mean, because I'm imagining it's crawling on the ground and it lifts right. itself up. Right. As it lifts itself up to pounce on me, I want to try and uh, kick the head and it's probably not going to do any damage, but just to try and push it away. Okay. Go ahead and roll for uh, we'll call it a brawl. What is it, brawl? Yeah. Then with your brawl. Okay. 22. Yeah, that's a, that's a hard. Okay. So the thing sort of rears up, and it's almost like it's going to climb over you, um, but you kick it, like you say, in the head. And it, it sort of rears up. And when you kick it, you sort of you cause the light that's next to you to really illuminate the thing. So you can see it very clearly and two things happen. One is it sort of rears back from the light. Um, but you get a good look at the head. The thing that's in front of you is what's left of James Beddoes. It's going to say, Saturday on that one. Oh fuck me! Not Beddoes. I thought he. I thought he made it. All right, I failed. <laughs> what's the What's the damage? Okay, do a one d four and whatever it is, you scream like a little girl when you see Beddoes' face. I got a I got a two, but yeah, I, I, I scream. I mean, I, I, I'd probably scream no matter what. <laughs> so I'm screaming and just trying to kick it away. Okay. Dawkins, you've come back up around the corner and you see this thing in the light. Um, what do you do? Oh, you're, you're muted. Sorry, the cat was running around. Um, I said, um, first thing I do is roll for sanity because, um, I just seen what Eldridge seen, and I failed that. Okay. So you can um, do one d four too. And that's three points. Okay. Um, you yell, but a little more manly. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Is this thing? Did this thing launch itself at Eldridge? Yes. But now it seems to back up a little bit because of the the, the bright light. Oh. Yeah, I don't have any, any other light source. All right, so um, I'm going to try to position myself around it and um, trying to think, should I slash at this thing? Actually, no. 
I'm going to pull out my gun and start shooting at this thing. I don't, I really don't want to get close to this thing. Okay. Um, I will remind you that people will hear gunshots. Yeah. And when they come in and they see what we were shooting at, Hmm. Then they'll call the police, and then the police will come, and then you'll all get and we broke and we broke in, and you'll not accomplish anything that you want to accomplish. And we'll go crazy in a jail cell. But wouldn't they see the same thing that we're seeing? They'd still Unless, take you to jail. Yeah, we broke in. Well, they just want to take you down and question you and confiscate your box full of uh, body parts and. Uh, but wouldn't this? Wouldn't this? I don't know. I would think that I'm just I'm just reminding you if you want to shoot. <laughs> Besides, you have a weapon that you prefer before all other weapons. I do. I do. I just don't want to All right. Well, I'm going to I'll I'll use my my medical tool. All right. So, um yeah, I I I I I throw out my my uh my manly scream. And then, um, you know, I, I, I'm like kind of shaking and I'm tapping my pockets and I happen to come across the, the knife. And that gives me a bit, a bit more courage. So I said, oh, Bellos, you're in a bad state. Uh, let me try to fix you up, put you back together. And I'm going to start using a knife on him. All right. The worst thing is that you kind of can figure out how he's put together as you're looking at him. Mm -hmm. um, just the knowledge is now, there in your head. Um, now, the question is, is this all of Bettles or is this Bettles and it, other additions? The, the, best, the best thing that you could think of is it looks like somebody took Bettles and split him up from groin to the throat and that his chest is split open and his bowels have been thrown at the thing and he's walking around like a spider on his ribs. So it's just Beto's. Okay. There's no extra limbs of any kind. Can I... You said I, I could see how he he's taken apart that way. Can I see how I could put him back together? Well, there's... Uh, not at the moment. You're you're attacking him. So go ahead and uh, um, roll for. Uh, uh, this is still brawling, isn't it, with a knife? Yep, and I miss. Okay, you slash at it, and it it doesn't really react, but you miss. Um, Doctor Keith, you've reached the top of the stairs and turned the corner, and all of this activity now has spilled farther in into the middle or into the middle room. Okay. And you see all this going on and you see body parts of some horrible creature that's fighting with them. Uh, Frank, you see it right afterwards. Um, but I think that both of you kind of figured it was going to be something like that. So you can roll sanity if you want, but. Uh, I did already. And surprisingly, I only took one. Okay. Eight. Okay. So neither one you you both just take one. Um would you guys like to do anything? 
Um, unsure of what I'm facing, I am uh, going to simply sort of advance slowly towards the room. Okay. Um, with with my uh, my life preserver, my my kosh. Okay. Um, above my head, ready to, to strike at anything that comes out towards me. Okay. So it's still a, a couple of feet ahead of you. Same with you, Frank. Unless you want to do something. I'm going to yell to Eldritch. Use the spell. Use the spell. Oh, yeah. Um, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll do the spell. Okay, um, I'll have to have you do a dexterity roll to see if you can That's compose fine. yourself enough to do it. That's fine. My dexterity is 70. It's very high, so let's see. Oh, you just jinxed it. 35. No, I didn't. <laughs> All right. So as you're doing the spell, um, okay, we'll say that's what you're doing at this moment. Yeah. Uh, Dawkins, the thing now is in front of you. You tried slashing at it. It's, it rears up and its ribs open and it lunges at you in an attempt to sort of wrap its ribs around you like this and grab you inside of its body. Are I'm you done. Gonna, you're going to dodge, you're going to fight. Okay. I'm going to try to dodge out of the way. Okay. I got a 23, yes. It got a 62. So it, it snaps at you like a Venus flytrap, its body but uh, you managed to back out of the way. Uh, now you have the chance to slash at it for your attack. Okay. Now, 66. Okay. You keep swinging, but it's, you're, you're missing. Um, okay. Uh, 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 Eldritch, you, uh, you complete the spell, but nothing happens. Oh yeah, it's a trans. It's a transmuting thing. Like you have to input body parts onto it. This is all Beto's. Right. Okay. That, that uh, doesn't work. Uh, Doctor Keith. Um, is it is it within range of me? Yes. Oh, I'm 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 going to lamp it. With the, I'm going to caution. Okay. Go ahead and try. My fantastic ball skill of thirty-eight. 69, no, that's a miss. Okay, you swing. How about you, Frank? Mm. I will use my trusty pocket knife. Okay. But I'm this close to taking out my gun. Okay. Uh, wait, hold on, is that a four or a one? That's a four. Yeah, I missed Okay. Uh, you miss. You, you swing at it. It, it. it just keeps, it keeps moving like a, like a cobra, but like a centipede spider cobra. Um, uh, it is once again, since Dawkins is the person right in front of it, uh, and it's concentrating on Dawkins, it's going to try to lunge at him again. I'm going to try to dodge again. Oh man, that's a that's a miss. Okay, it got a twelve. Mm -hmm. So 
it once again, this time it gets more to more commits to it. It lunges forward with its ribs open like this and it manages to grab you and you can feel the ribs dig into your shoulders. So uh, do a 1d4 damage and it's grappling him. It's got Dr. Dawkins. Eldridge, what do you do? Two points. Well, I guess I'm going to scramble up and without really gaining my feet, I'm going to barrel towards them and tackle both of them in an attempt to... Um, break it free? Break, yes, but also maintain hold of the thing. Okay. Okay. It's a grapple. I got a 71. I barely missed. Can I do a luck point? I'll let you do it in this case. Okay, 29. All okay. right. I know you. I'm not supposed to, but I'm going to let you. Um, okay, well, thank you so much, sweetie pie. I want this to go on forever. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, go ahead and roll for damage. Oh, I'm actually rolling for damage this time? Okay, what is my damage? Uh, it is 1D... 3. Okay. That's it. I, I've just tackled them. Did I release Dawkins? Well, what what did you get? Uh, I I got a three. Okay. Damage. Yeah. Um. You sort of grab a hold of the thing, and try to pull it off of Dawkins, and when you do, a large sheet of its skin, from the shoulder down, sort of rips loose. So you're doing it some serious damage. Um. Oh. But. Uh, but it's still sort of grabbing a hold of him. It hasn't really even turned its attention towards you. That's fine. Dr. Elizabeth. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to... Will you calm down? I'm going to attempt to strike it again. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, 20-something. 20 23. Okay. Up to 38. Um, go ahead and roll for damage. Which is 1d8. Seven. Okay. You hit it with your thing right across the back. And in the process, you can actually hear the spine snap. Okay. Um, at that point, the ribs come loose from off of Dr. Dawkins and the thing sort of it falls back onto the ground and starts to try to scramble away. Uh, Frank, what do you do? Frank, as you're looking down at it, that poor Beto's head lolls back and it sort of stares at you. <laughs> I don't do anything. Okay. I'm mesmerized by looking into his eyes. All right. Dr. Dawkins, you've been released. What do you do? And the thing is on the ground in front of you. I'm going to try to stab it again. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> At least you're honest about your roles. <laughs> you're, you're poking at it, and your pokes are going right between its ribs and not hitting anything. 
usually this type of stabbing and thrusting would kill a man, but... Um, Thomas, I mean, uh, Eldridge. Who's Thomas? Only Eldridge here. What's going on? I've got this thing. I'm ripping its fucking skin off. <laughs> okay. Go ahead and do a grapple roll. Actually, I'd like to grab its head and kind of pull its hair back. I mean, he's bald. I'll grab the skin and just at least... I want something that I can grab a hold of and just okay. pull. All right. Let's see. That's a 46. That's a pass. Okay. Not a hard, but it's a pass. Well, let's let's say that what you do is, since it's sort of slumped onto the ground, you put one foot on it, and you've got that, that sort of hunk of skin and you just you just use your leverage to just tear it off. Oh God! And, uh, and as you do, of course, blood is squirting everywhere. And uh, and uh, but the thing is, the thing is becoming uh, less mobile. Um, you've broken a couple of its ribs in the process. Uh, we'll just give it to Dawkins, and that Dawkins just immediately uh, slices down with his knife and cuts the thing's head off. Um, and then Eldridge, you dance around the room with its head because, way okay. Um, the, thing, the thing more or less stops moving. It's twitching, but it's not, not able to do anything more. Was it decaying? No. No? Okay. I was just wondering. Um, all right. When it stops moving, I'm just covered in blood, and I just go like that, and just blood all over the floor, and I go, God damn it! All right. Stupid fucking things. Now, um, is Frank still here? He went to go get a drink of water. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I'll, I'll wait for a moment when he until he gets back. But you guys are standing there in all this blood and gore. Um, there he is. Um, you now look around the room. Your lantern is still lit, and you can see better what's in this room. And uh, this is what happened. Did you guys kill it? We killed it. Yeah. Uh, this is what the upstairs kind of looks like. And uh, the first thing you notice when you shine the light around the room is that there is something on the floor in the center of this room. It looks like it has been burned or carved and burned into the floor. That looks like a summoning circle. Um, in, the, in the middle of the room, there is a table with a red... Uh, cloth draped over it. Uh, there is a table next to that um, that's large enough. It just dawns on you that it's large enough to lay the simulacrum on, articulated. Mm. Uh, there's a little bit of light peeping through the shutters of the window on the far end, and you can see that symbol on the floor. I have a very, 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 very bad feeling of it. That's a summoning circle if I've ever seen one. And on the table is a scroll and a piece of paper. Hmm. What? Um, can I examine the piece of paper? Mm -hmm. Yes. Hold on. Uh, it's very obviously the scroll that's there is the the scroll. 
that you're looking for. It looks this very much the same, different pictures, and the uh, the paper next to it looks like this. Dr. Elizabeth. It reads, Oh, my master, your servant has done as you required. The language was very obscure, and the chant is in the aklo. Speak it even, speak it even as I have written it. It will cleanse you, your humble servant. And beneath that is written uh, an incantation. Uh, I don't know what it is. <laughs> Can you guys kind of reassure me? I'm, I'm, I'm kind of having a panic attack here. Um, I've got a huge pit in my stomach. This does not look good. Well, this this um, this this paper, uh, piece of paper here uh, purports to to um, have the uh, the cleansing chant. I know, but so many, there's so many pieces here. Like there's the summoning circle, there's this, there's the table, like where we're, where we're supposed to put the pieces. I, I feel like by cleansing us, something's gonna happen. I don't, I, I, I just well, have a very bad feeling. If, if we haven't brought up the, uh, the simulacrum, which is, um, which is downstairs, then, then surely, um, We're, we're all right, aren't we? I'll walk around to Dr. Keith, and uh, I'm going to look at the... Uh, you said there was a scroll, a book? Yes. I will, I will grab that and open that up. Very much the similar one to the, the head one. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's good. Uh, except that it's got pictures of left arms on it instead of uh, heads. <sighs> okay. So... Um, before you continue, please do a listen roll, everybody. Okay. I passed. Okay. I passed. Uh, um, I, I got a 94. Um, I think I have an ear infection. <laughs> and Frank, you didn't pass? Yeah. Frank, you're, you're looking over Dr. Keith's shoulder at the at the the piece of paper. Dr. Keith, you're staring at the piece of paper. Um, uh, Eldridge and uh, Dawkins, you hear a bump, and it come, it's coming from the bathroom. Now, I look at Dr. Dawkins, and I hold my finger up like this. I say, I have a nagging suspicion that, uh, that the men who have dis... There, okay, just to clarify, Tom... How many men were there? There were, there were three people. Two of them were murdered, and one of them was dismembered, correct? Or one of them disappeared. What are you talking about? The three men from the paper, or the, the, the schoolmaster, uh, the murdered guy. Oh. One died, one was dismembered, and one disappeared, correct? One was missing, correct. Okay, so uh, I have a nagging suspicion that, uh, much like Dawkins here, if he keeps using that knife, uh, Montcriot and his associates merged this person, and we're gonna. There's something behind there, and I don't want. I don't want to open the door. Well, the other two bodies were found. 
Yes, but one of them was dismembered. Yeah, torn up. Yeah. Once again, merge. A merger. Synergetic. I don't know. I don't want to open the door. So, nope. Now that you guys all recognize that you hear something in that room, what you hear sounds like Oh, it sounds like a person. Okay, I'm gonna. Let's just be. Let's get ready. I've got my knife at hand. So. Okay, I'm gonna approach the door. Okay. Um, what I'm gonna first, I'm gonna first say hello. Is there a response? Does someone do? Um, no. I'm gonna knock on the door. Is there a response? Yes, but the response is. Okay, as long as there's as long as there is a response. Okay. I will then push open the door. I will turn, push, and step out. Inside the room. Uh, on the floor next to the where where there was there's a like a bathtub, uh, but lying on the floor is a man. Uh, he's been stripped naked, and uh, he is uh, he's he's bound. He's tied, and uh, he has a look on his face of absolute sheer terror, looking up into your eyes, and you can see that something has been carved into his forehead, something that looks very similar to that circle out of there on the floor. Hmm. But he's trying to get away from you. I hold my hands. He's, he's gagged. I hold my hands up and I'm waving my hands. And I say, no, 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 no. We are, we are here to help. Um, psychology rule. Okie dokie. I'm going to guess that you're going to say he's insane. That's my assumption. That's my, that, that's what I was going to say. He, okay. he, he, he's acting like he's completely insane. Okay. So there's no, okay. So there's, so there's no pulling him back. Not right now. Not right now. Okay. I'm going to pitch the idea that I have in my head. I'm going to turn to the others and I'm going to say, all right. Here's my assumption here. I'm going to assume that he's a sacrifice, that there needs to be a willing thing, a willing body that can merge with this thing, this, 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 this skinless one. I think the symbol has something to do with that. I say, the symbol on his head, I say we damage that symbol. On his head? Or the one on his head. Or the one on the floor. Either one. Can I roll a little cult roll? I'm wondering, because when you start messing around with things that are set up for rituals and stuff like that, you fuck that up. Doesn't mean that the ritual won't go through. It just means that any sort of safeguards you would have had for yourself, it's kind of out the window. I didn't think about that. But common common occult knowledge, yeah. You don't have to do a roll. Oh, okay. They're that called I didn't they're, think about. traditionally they're called magic circles to keep the demon inside. inside. 
Okay, well then, well, okay, well, okay, how about this? We can't. And let's say for an example, the, the marking on this guy's head, we might be able to do something with that. So I wouldn't mess with the one on the floor. But we can do the one on here. But yeah, if you cut this guy's head off, then that should be. I didn't say that. Didn't say that. I said damage the symbol on his head. I didn't say, I, I said we just damage it a little bit. We have a knife. We can just make a little, we can just do a little you know, X. Sure, I can fix him up with my knife. Oh yeah, we just fix him. Just fix him. Yeah, can, can I do something with it to, I guess, make the scar go away? I, I mean, I know this is a magic knife, but you know. I could put flesh back together. Well, he hasn't really been cut. Um, is this more like a tattoo? It almost looks like it was burned. Oh, so it's a brand. But, but possibly like burned with a knife. So there's damage, but it doesn't look like it was done in, in like an artist would do like a tattoo. It's, it's fairly crude. Okay. So yeah, I, I say we just 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 cut it. We hold him still. We can't. We 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 can. We well, he's, he's already he's already insane. So we pretty much do uh, what we need to. He's already bound. So well, he can sort of scoot across the floor a little bit, and he's trying his best to keep keep away from you. Yeah. Uh, You're pretty sure uh, that he doesn't see you. He only he only sees whatever his insanity is telling him. Okay. Um, Frank, without Frank. without doing an idea roll, probably the only thing he's seen in the past few day or in the past couple days is that thing outside. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Um. All right. Uh, I say we do it. All right. I say Frank, that we hold him down. Oh, hold on, guys. What if? What if we can use him? Uh, no. Very good, very quick, sounds, very simple. No. Like a slightly sinister suggestion, but what did you have in mind? Well, we, we've been tricked by Macria this entire time, and we just happened to burst into his secret lair here, and everything is just perfectly set up that all we need to do is just read one little phrase. I point to the the skeleton body and I say, "Yeah, it was real nice and easy getting here." So, are we all just going to just accept this as truth from one of his supposed servants and just recite this blindly, not knowing are we supposed to be standing in the circle? Do we stand out of the circle? I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to stand inside the circle with that thing. I think this is my this is a guess. I think that we that what he's intending to do because of the symbol on his head is he's going to put the the man in the circle, recite the ritual. The corruption would then go into him, and he would become a physical embodiment of whatever is doing this to us, whether that be the skinless one or just a deformed monster thing. He's going to sacrifice him. It's the only thing that makes sense to me, and. We're not sacrificing anybody. I, don't, I hope not. Oh, we're not? Good. Yeah, right. We're not. <laughs> so, 
that's exactly what I meant. We're not going to be sacrificing anybody today. Yeah, Doc, I'm sorry. Calm down. We're all on the same page. Uh, I, I say that we, 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 we fuck up the mark. We... How much... We don't have much time, do we? No, we don't. So, so the question is... Wouldn't we be better served just trying to do the, the cleansing? Yeah, well, if we did the cleansing now, I, I mean, it's, it's good that uh, that Frank and, and Eldridge brought this up, but if we were to do the cleansing now, all of our ailments would go into that fellow over there. So he becomes a sacrifice, and we're not sacrificing anybody. But also, we don't know if he needs to be in the circle. We, need, we don't know if he needs to be outside the circle. We don't know if we need to be in the circle. We don't, need, we don't know anything. I'm just guessing. Yeah, we are. Um, does it have to be a human sacrifice? Probably, since the avatar of the, uh, the, 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 the Sadev Malakram is a human body. It's got a left arm, a torso, a head, legs. Hmm. We need. We need. We need. We need consensus. What are we gonna do? We don't have a lot of time. How much time do we have? That's the question. Twenty minutes. <laughs> no, you've you've still got a few hours. It's only like like I told you, you had twenty twenty hours. That was uh, that was at two thirty. So it's only like five o'clock at this point. Here's, here's another question. Thomas um, is referring to the fact that we only have 20 minutes left in this episode. Oh. Yes, we have 20 minutes. But I'm okay with one more episode. I'm yeah. okay with one more episode. I'm fine with that. Unless we just want to say, say whatever's I think, on the I, I have a feeling that Mick will be happy oh. with that because then he's got two weeks before he has to start Reign of Terror. I <laughs> will be good. All about is to say, let's not hurry things. Right. Now, our friends in Ulthar are suggesting um, that we proceed with the cleansing, if, if I if I understand correctly. We're not doing just a. The, no, my, my question. Go ahead, Dawkins. No, I was, I was because you, you you made another good point, but the question here is, yeah, um, the avatar has to have the same sort of shape. I'm wondering, is there like a zoology department at um, at Oxford? Oh, I'm sure there is. And will we be able to get a, our hands on like a chimpanzee or something? Probably not. Pardon me. Uh, I know this is a zoo, but can we have a chimpanzee? I <laughs> I think that the scroll here serves some kind of significance. I think that the, that this scroll here was translated, um, and it is what uh, the, the 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 words here are. It comes from that, that scroll. So we get the scroll translated. We could then know how the how the how the ritual works thus allowing us to prepare for it or figure out something instead of just reciting the words and just moving on. 
there's probably no way to get that scroll translated in the next 20 hours, in the next 15 hours. <sighs> okay. Uh, you could get it translated, but it would take a few days. Any other suggestions? You guys are talking sacrifice. What makes you think sacrifice is involved? I think that he is intended to be a sacrifice. That's the only reason why they grabbed him and pulled him. Um, there's something about these murders that all that are all connected. And I think it's very deliberate. Uh, it's some kind of offering. There's got to be prerequisites for just cleansing this. It's not like it's just a, you recite the words, done deal, bing, bang, boom, you're, you're fine. You, a price needs to be paid. At least that's what my superstitions have taught me. A price needs to be paid. Um, and I think that he is intended to be the price instead of us. Would it do any good to try and calm this guy down and see if he knows anything? Uh, I think he's a little too far gone. Yeah, I think that he's too, he's too out of it. But at the same time, I'm not comfortable. Even if he's too, even if he's all gone up here, I personally don't feel comfortable with just like putting him in the middle of the circle, reciting the words, and if something happens to him, I still, you know, I'd feel bad about that. Hmm. It goes against what I personally believe. Understood. Uh, I don't have any other solutions. I mean, we, we're here to get cleansed. I don't know. What do you think, Dr. Keith? Well... Um, well, well, we are here to get cleansed. Um, by the same token, I've, <laughs> I've still got an aversion to, to reading out um, any form of incantation ever. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's bad. Because, because it's magic. And magic, uh, as we know, um, is inherently bad. Yes. It, it, and it, it will all end very badly for everyone concerned. Magic always ends badly. That's been my now, entire thesis. I mean... Because um, my, my concern here, because I originally was thinking, well, we could, we could uh, do the cleansing, but now I'm thinking, actually, um, surely the whole point of the cleansing was that we all die... And then um, it does something to, to enable the simulacrum. So no matter what, we're fucked. Well, I don't know. We, we need to know. I mean, what does... Because the corruption... But, none of, us, but none of us can read. None of us can read the scroll. So none of us know what the scroll says. So, um, Dr. Keith, go ahead and do an idea roll. Okie dokie. Three. Okay, that's really good. Um, um, you've you've kind of already been told, um, uh, and it, it it sort of jives with what you've known so far. You know that Fenelik had the had the simulacrum, and Macriot had the simulacrum. 
and that every hundred days, every hundred hours, uh, you had to do something in order for you yourself not to become corrupt. So the cleansing, the, the, the Makriyat had to get here as quickly as possible so that he could cleanse himself. So the cleansing is for him. It's for whoever, whoever's been corrupted by the simulacrum. Fenelik had to do the same thing. But I thought Fenelik didn't do it, and that's why he never, he never was, he never wore it. It was just like uh, you don't have to wear it. You have to, you have to be cleansed of the corruption. Is that's the corru why, that's why Fenelik looked the way he did. Did he was a vampire, so he couldn't die. But he was deteriorating because of the corruption. Right. So he was. So, so the so the simulacrum didn't turn him into a vampire. He was already a vampire. That okay. The only way to know for sure is to do it. Is is well is to is to get um a, tr a translation of the of the scroll. But we can't get a translation of the scroll. Was it twenty hours? It's it's a big huge thing. It's an aclo too. Oh god. Um, yeah. Did the, the telegram strip specifically said we had to have the simulacrum with us, right? Like I'm I'm thinking if the table is laid out here next to it, that we're probably supposed to put it on the table. That seems likely. And then we're supposed to put him in the cert in the summoning circle. He's a catalyst. We say the words, and and who knows? And Dawkins is probably right. By putting him in the circle, we've contained the we've contained the being to the circle. Most likely, if we just said the words out loud, it would just go into him. He's not inside the circle. Or I have no idea. I'm very, <laughs> I'm very confused. I'm very scared. Someone tell me what to do. Well, I, I, I mean, my my concern is that the way it might work is that we we might be the sacrifice that empowers the simulacrum, or it might only um, cleanse the person who speaks the incantation at that the cost of the rest of us. Or what if we all were to chant it all at once? Then we all can get rid of, of, of this curse. Um, the problem here is still the sacrifice. Um, That's all well and good, but you've, you've been mucking around with magic already. Oh, what you're talking about? What do you, what do you say? Oh, I mean, I, I'm not sure I trust your judgment on this matter. I, I think you, you've already been, you've already been exposed to otherworldly forces. Exactly. I was exposed to otherworldly forces, and I can't feel cold, and my blood is water, and that's that already freaks me out. Uh, magic is bad. We shouldn't say this, but we have to say it, because otherwise we die. But at the same time. Like that's that's the catch twenty two. Either we are sacrifices, uh, or we become we deteriorate and just become like ash, because that's what happened to Fenelik. The only thing keeping Fenelik alive was he was a vampire. 
Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, what the fuck do we do? Uh. <laughs> Hmm. All right. Well, you can think about it. We could pick this up again next week. We're just okay. going to do the same thing. Well, I mean, the, the, no, the, the, the choice is then if we're going, if we, if, if we're going to do the ritual and say the chant, then, then I suppose logically, thinking about it logically, then um, if. Um, what was his name again? Bowman. Was that his name? Um, yes, Bowman is the one in the in the bathtub. Well, if if Bowman was in the circle, um, then that would sort of um, in a, looking at this from a, 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 a dispassionate and holy mercenary perspective. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Bagpipes. Oh. Look, oh. <laughs> oh, that's particularly it's spicy. Foul magic. Oh, raw, is... raw meat farts. Oh no, <laughs> the gate has been opened. <laughs> that's a very strong smell of sulfur. Um, if if Bowman was in the circle, then it would sort of on a, on a holy mercenary level suggest that the chances of something bad happening to him instead of us were somewhat increased. But at the same time, he's just an innocent guy. He doesn't deserve to just get fucked. We don't deserve I, to get fucked either, but still. I don't think there's much of him left. Is there? I right. He's... Yeah, I don't think so either. He's a bit hat stand at this point. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna make a roll. Just give me one sec. Nick. You... Okay, go ahead, Frank. Before you roll, I'm gonna volunteer to say it. Okay. I, I, I certainly support the idea that that we should um, pick this up next week. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think that's a fine idea. I have a feeling <laughs> whatever happens is going to turn out to be horrible and drawn out <laughs> okay and, let's... and bloody and brutal and i don't even I know don't think there's, there's a, i don't think there's a good way out of this to be honest Is there... I, think, <laughs> I just think something <laughs> we've got to this point oh my God. We're, not, we're, not, we're not suddenly gonna have a happy ending are we <laughs> we all walk away <laughs> oh phew <laughs> oh that was close <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, you'd be. It, it's going to suck if you come next week and it's a five-minute uh, episode. Yeah, I'm gonna, that's what I'm going to ask. Is it if if we if we wait until next week, and 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 we come back and we just decide in the first ten minutes, oh, we're going to do the ritual. Be honest with us. Will it be a fifteen-minute episode, or will it be a full two-hour episode? I'm not going to tell you. Oh my god. We can make it into a two-hour episode. We can make it into a two-hour episode. Just by talking, yeah. we can make it a two-hour episode. I didn't think you'd make this into a two-hour episode. But. We can prevaricate our way through anything. <laughs> <laughs>
that's what we'll do. We'll just wear Tom down. <laughs> let's just do. Let's that's, just do. That's how we win. We just wear the two and a half years for this. <laughs> let's just let's do the next twenty hours in real time. <laughs> we'll do ten episodes from this point on. <laughs> Twenty with with a countdown in the corner. Yeah, when we hit when we hit zero, we we dead. We die. The the question you haven't asked yet is: Is there a maestros in the London? Is there a maestros? Because that's what I want to do if I survive this. <laughs> no, that's what you love. do for the next fourteen hours. Is you go over to maestros and then you come back and finish the episode. Now that I'm filled on meatball subs, let's sacrifice this guy. At least my tummy is happy. Okay. I think the next week is fun. <laughs> oh. Okay. All right. So we'll... Can everybody make it next week? Bad feeling and harmless. Yeah, I'm fine next week. Okay. Nobody's going to Ireland or anything? <laughs> oh, no. I'm going to Scotland. I'm going to Phoenix. Next weekend? Next week is my birthday. I'm seeing my grandparents. Yeah. Because the alternative I can think of is we run long tonight. I mean, or we might not. It might be 15 minutes. But All right. You know what? For the sake of my grandparents, I say we, we, we say the words. We do it. We do it right here. We do it right now. So okay. you're going to continue. We're going to continue tonight. That works. That works, too. Okay. How do we well, do either, this? Either way, if, if Thomas isn't playing next week, then either way, I've got two weeks until I have to start playing Terra. So. But, okay. So, so I win. Yeah, you win. <laughs> you did it. You did it. You, you win. I completely forgot. I, I, yeah. I okay. even well, in, in that case, I mean, if you're suggesting that we, we, we start the chanting. Um, I'm not saying we start now. I'm just saying. I'd saying, like to start backing away towards the top. <laughs> I say. I say, okay, well, just give me a sec. Before we start chanting, shouldn't we bring the simulacrum up? Let's bring the simulacrum up. Let's put, let's put him in the circle. Okay. Who's going downstairs to bring up the simulacrum? I, I will. Okay. I won't, I will, I, I don't want to. Put him in the circle. It's I'll, I'll get the simulacrum. I'll lay it out. It takes you about five minutes just to bring it up. Um, uh, so you've brought up the box. What do you do? I'm going to lay it all out. Uh, you know, anatomically, I'm going to lay it out, and I'm going to. If is it like a magnet? If I were to lay the torso down, could I attach the head and the arms and the legs, or are they all separate? They're all separate. Okay. Well, I'm going to. Lay them out anatomically on the on the table. Okay. So you've laid them all out. Um, who's going to uh, drag poor Arthur Bowman into the circle? I assume that's what you said you're going to do. Frank. Frank. Well, see, that's what I'm not even so sure we have to do that because it doesn't make any match to that in the note. Hmm. But it doesn't make any mention of having the simulacrum involved in the ritual, and we, we have to have it. We well, know it, that. It mentioned that from a telegram from before. I think that Macriot knew the steps. He just didn't know the words. 
Do you want to see the telegram? Do you have the telegram with you? Um, I can pull it up. That's what you found with the simulacrum on the train. You want to read it out loud just so that... Uh, I have received your instructions about the scroll. There's some obscurity about the language. We'll have to translate before you arrive. Have arranged transportation. The simulacrum must be present. Your servant. Okay. Well, then I say if that we, we leave him out. If we have time, do we have time to figure out who this servant guy is? I was thinking the same thing. I'm going to give you a second. I got to go. Restroom. Okay. We have zero clues. Oh, my God. I'm doing that. I'm going to quickly go and let Lug out because he's driving me absolutely. <laughs> We're all going to die. We're, we're fucked. No, there's no getting around this. I just don't want to be an asshole. I don't want to kill some dude. We're going to bring the end of the world. My grandparents won't be listening to this. They're too, they're too Christian. They don't know I do it. So, <laughs> fuck you, grandma and grandpa. Why, why do I have to be seeing you? Oh, God. I can't wait two weeks to know the outcome of this. That's um, kind of what I'm thinking. So it's just like, let's just do it. I just, let's just do it. Why not? And I think with Frank's sanity, he's just willing to just, just give do me anything. I'm going to do it. I'll be the guinea pig. I just feel so bad. Eldridge feels so bad. But it's like the only thing, it's the only thing, the only logical thing to do. Because we don't have time, we don't have any clues to find the servant. We don't have any time to uh, get the translation. We were here. Mm -hmm. I just can't figure out are we supposed to be in the circle or out of the circle? I don't think we should be in the circle. Yeah, but sometimes there are protections. <sighs> okay, uh, Dawkins, what do you think? Um, can I, Gwen, do a, uh, 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 Frank, do a idea roll? Idea roll. 89. Could I do an occult roll? There is a difference between a. Wait, hold on. Sure. 69. He made it by one. Okay. Um, there's a table with a red cloth there with a scroll on it. Mm -hmm. It looks like you would stand there in front of the circle. Can I. Can, can, okay, okay. With my occult knowledge. There is a difference between magic circles and summoning circles. Is it safe to say that this is a summoning circle rather than a magic circle? It looks similar to one of those sorts of things, but you've never seen this configuration at all. You don't know what language is written all around it. Most likely Aklo. Uh, okay. Um, Nor do you recognize the symbol or thing that's in the middle of it. Okay, so we know not to stand in the in the in the circle. That's your guess. See, we're gonna see we're gonna we're we're gonna be freaking out all about this, and then we're gonna say the words, and nothing happens because he's not in the circle. We did it wrong. 
my question is, are we going to go another two hours? Case, I don't think so. I think we're no, ready. Okay. We're ready. Uh, we're ready. We're just waiting on, on Mick at this point. We're going without him in the... Where did Mick go? He went to go take Lug out. Oh, he so to, he's still here. Okay. He's still here. He, he, you, you went to the bathroom. He's taking Lug outside okay. really quick to get rid of the stinky farts. <laughs> <laughs> so... Tom, I want you to know that, like, the tension right now that I'm feeling has been two and a half years in the making. <laughs> that 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 sends little tingles up my spine. Oh God, I'm freaking uh, out. Uh, All right, calm down. That was my that was my point. <laughs> let's not uh, let's not let's not get too excited over on your run, please. We can't see the lower half, but I don't need uh, to. I don't uh, need- I can't see the lower. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> if I could see it, I'd be like, "Wow." Um, it's 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 that intense, huh? You guys, you guys, yeah. I mean, you guys have played this for two, two, two and a quarter years. Yeah. Um, this is my third attempt, and you haven't. Finish. The other two attempts crashed. They didn't make it. Really? Um, the farthest one got as far as, as uh, Trieste, and they all quit. That's halfway. I know. So I've been incredibly frustrated by this game. I am like so, I'm just beyond tickled that you guys have gotten this far in. I, 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 and while we're while we're reminiscing, I want to point out that you know I I I just moved into Silverage Apartments in Nevada, like I, I didn't wasn't I was going to school for for writing and stuff like that. I had no interest in film, like. You turned twenty one. I, I turned I turned twenty one a year ago. <laughs> like, it's been two. We've been playing this for two and a half years. Us three from the start. 86, well, 86 two-hour-long episodes, so... Well, you guys from the start. I came in the second episode. Yeah. You missed, like, 11 episodes, dude. Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. Life. Kittens. <laughs> okay. Lily the blind cat is real. She is over there in that apartment building. I can go to her. I'm sure. I ho- I really hope that they put up uh, like a wall thing. It's been a year. I hope that they put some kind of block to keep her from jumping off the port of the patio. <laughs> Wouldn't it be more cruel to keep her alive if she's a blind kitten? She's sweet. She's fine. She's she she does she she does echolocation. She can. She knows her her environment um, that she's familiar with, um, but yeah, she does. She does. She she does. Echo, she, I'm telling you, she does echolocation. She screeches in her little ears, figure out where things. she does. She meows. She, she she meowed when I had her, and she was she was bumping into walls and stuff. But she would avoid chairs and stuff like that. I don't understand it, but all cleared out, Mick. <laughs> Oh yeah, he had to. Obviously, now is the time he decided he had to walk around the entire garden fifteen uh, times before he could go. <laughs> All right, folks, let's continue. All right, oh, we're doing it. Freezing out there. All right, uh, Eldridge, you have gotten the simulacrum laid out on the table. Yes. Who uh, is your okay? Is your intention to put Arthur in the circle? No. 
Okay, so you decided not to do that. No. <laughs> we he has, he has decided. How about Dr. Doggins and Dr. Because I'm up for it. Okay. Either way, my decision is that I want to be as far away from that circle as I physically can be. So something is in there. I don't want it grabbing me. So, we'll do Do so Dawkins and Frank, are you going to drag the guy into the circle? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he puts up resistance, obviously, when you try to move him. When you, when you touch his skin, he reacts as if he's being, you know, touched by lightning. He's, he's not happy about anything. He's, he's completely insane. He's probably been terrorized for the last day and a half. Um, but you manage to pull him there, and he curls up into a, uh, 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 a fetal position. Uh, he's, you drag him through the blood, so he's splattered with blood. Um, he, uh, he curls up into a, a fetal position. He's a, a naked man in a fetal position. Hey, that's our logo. <laughs> um, and uh, what do you do next? Dr. Dawkins, do you want to be on guard? Who wants to say the words? It's not me or Elizabeth. Oh, I'm going to say him. Okay, Frank will say him. I'm, I'm going to be over the other side of the room. I will be with Dr. Keith. So, Frank, you take up your position next to uh, the table, I assume, then? Yep. You're facing the naked guy in the circle. Yep. And you have the note. Just give me one more second because I want to make sure. Is that an F or an S? That is an F. So, yep. All right. Here it goes. I'll see you guys on the other side. Ma da ren ki ka rest mo ben tavo yul u lu lu ti bren fa no li ku kan ma kri ot so fo. Okay. And nothing happens. What do you mean nothing happens? Just let me talk. <laughs> It's called dramatic pause. <laughs> I'm dying over here. Just go. Flaming, flaming writing appears in the air. I raise my arms out. When you do that, when you do that, um, a chill comes over the room. Um, you feel as if something has entered the room something black it it's not anything you can see but there's something definitely here and at the same time you look over at arthur in the circle and he starts he starts shaking and then all of a sudden he turns quickly and he stands up straight facing you in the circle um he begins to his eyes start rolling in his head 
He opens up his mouth as if he's going to scream, but nothing comes out. And then you see a red line appear here on his body, and his skin begins to split. And in that moment, you see it, it fall away. And there's just sinew and, and muscle underneath it. And it's changing. It's changing shape. Uh, the thing opens its mouth again, and it begins to laugh. And as you're looking at it, even though it doesn't have skin, you can see that the shape that it takes is Mehmet Makriot. Um, and he's, he's laughing. Do a sanity roll. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got a six. So I passed. Okay, if you pass, take two damage. If you failed, take a one. Well, take uh, take four. Just automatically take four. <clears throat> um. Uh, Macriot is standing there. Uh, he's flame red, dripping with blood. Um. Uh, he's laughing, and he looks down at you all, and uh, he says, uh, he says, well done. He says, you brought me back, and now your reward. And he steps forward out of the circle and puts his hands like in this position, and he says, I call upon the power of the skinless one to come and do my bidding I call him forth. And as he says this behind him in the circle, it begins to shimmer. There's sort of this light, this purplish light glowing in the center of the circle. And everyone do a dexterity roll because the whole room rocks all of a sudden like a huge earthquake. If you fail, you, you stumble back against the wall. Or you, you I passed him. I failed by eight. Okay. I absolutely, obviously failed because my dex is 40. <laughs> All right. You stumble back against the ground. Um, the, uh, the light behind him begins to coalesce. You begin to see blood and sinew coming out of nowhere. You see the, the skin beast, the thing that was on the ground, sort of gets sucked up into it. And... What begins to form is a human man made of nothing but sinew and bones and guts and gore, but it's like nine feet tall. And it's glowing with light. And you can see in the center of Makriot's head, a third eye suddenly appear, and it's glowing red. And as, he, as it appears, Makriot steps to the side and he says, he points at the thing. And he says, I command you by the power of the simulacrum, destroy these infidels. And he points at you. And the thing, the skinless one, looks at you. And he looks back at Makriot. And uh, then he says, Uh, he says, 
but none wear the simulacrum. I look over at the simulacrum. Yep. And I'm going to run. I, I, I'm running to it. Okay. You're standing almost right in front of it. So I just grab it as... Well, uh, at the same moment, Makriot realizes the same thing and lunges for the simulacrum. Anybody else? At the I'm, same I'm time... Do the same. I'm just going to grab for one bit, like an arm or a leg or something. Okay. Well, while Makriot is lunging for the simulacrum, I've got my nice little knife. So while his concentration is focused there, I'm going to try to, you know, poke him in the back. Okay. Again. Um, I, I will say that you, you, your attempt will fail, but um, Makriot manages to grab the right arm of the simulacrum. And what you see him do is he takes the arm and I'm sorry, the left arm, he takes the left arm and he brings it to his arm and you see it meld itself to his flesh. At which point he turns back towards the skinless one and he says, now I command you, destroy these infidels. And the thing looks at you and it looks at Makriot and Makriot turns back to it and he says, do as I say. And he points up at the, the skinless one. And the skinless one reaches out with its hand and grabs a hold of Makriot's arm like this and lifts him up off the ground. And, it's, and he, Makriot's like, what are you doing? And all of a sudden, you see the thing squeeze and the arm turns bright blue for a moment and then shatters into a million pieces. And Makriot screams in agony as this happens and falls to the ground. What do you guys do? Are they localized in the circle? Um, they're more or less. Are they for, uh, can, did Makriot exit the circle to get, yes. okay, so, so they're not bound. Correct. <sighs> well, well, here's a thought. Run? No, no. Um... What if this is actually how you destroy the simulacrum? What if destroying the simulacrum unleashes it? Well, it has just destroyed the left arm. Who was affected by the left arm? Me. Does, is there any sort of... I mean, I'm asking... You don't have the time to think about that at the moment. Okay. Okay. Uh... What, hap what happened to Macriat? Makriot, is, is, his arm has been completely crushed, and uh, he's fallen to the ground screaming in agony. What are you doing? I'm going to take control. I'm going to step forward. I'm going to look at the skinless one, and I'm going to outstretch my arms. I imagine I have one of the pieces in you, my hand. You've got table, and you've got Makriot on the floor in between you and him. So I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just looking up at him, and, okay. I, and I scream uh, at, uh, at it, not him. Um, 
I don't know what to ask it. Um, is your intention to destroy these? And I hold the piece up. Um, as you say that, he's looking down at Makriot, and he says, uh, the usurper is unworthy. And he lifts his foot up and puts it right on Makriot's uh, leg and leans forward and crushes Makriot's leg. And Makriot is now just howling in agony. And as he does that, he reaches up like this, and the left leg flies up into his hands, and he snaps it, and it shatters into a million little blue sparkles. Was that and, the one that I was holding? Um, could have been. Anyways, it flew, flew to him. He then um, proceeds to continue stepping on Makriot, crushing him. He crushes then the left, the right leg. Um, and finally, you see him sort of put his foot on Makriot's chest as the torso flies into his hands. And he crushes it. Does the same with the left and right arm. Makriot's dead. And the last thing that flies up into his hand is the head of the simulacrum. And with one hand, he begins to squeeze it. And in that moment, in the face of the simulacrum, you can see who you assume was uh, that first guy from the, 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 the Celtic story. You suddenly see Fenelik's face. You see Salim Makriot, and you see Mehmet Makriot's face for a moment, and then it's shattered out of existence. And the skinless one takes a step back into the circle. And he says, withdrawn. And as he does this, Dr. Dawkins, uh, the knife is ripped out of your hands. And it flies up into his hand. And with a very simple gesture, he snaps it. When, when he snaps it, there is a blast of energy. You can all do dex rolls, or you go sprawling on the ground. Oh, I passed 50. Oh, I got a 22. I passed. All right. If you passed, you, you stumble backwards, but you don't fall. Uh, there's a flash of light. I failed. I actually fall to my knees crying, no! There's a flash of light from the center of the circle, and the skinless one is gone. And for a moment, there's silence, and then it's like a vacuum in the center of that circle. Everything begins to get sucked towards the circle. And uh, it's just like a black abyss. The furniture that's there, the table, it starts to get pulled. The scrolls go flying. Um, unless you grab that scroll. Which one? The that's cleansing wrong. one. That's oh. wrong. That's I'll, I'll grab it. I'm close. Okay. You grab that scroll. And uh, who, who fell? I did. Okay. If you fell, Dr. Keith, do uh, another dex roll to see if you can hold on to something because you're being dragged towards the circle. Oh, no. The building is shaking. Oh! 20 out of 40. I actually passed the text roll. Okay, you, you grab a hold of Frank's leg. 
<laughs> goodness for that. And a couple seconds later, the, the circle goes silent. The, the the wind stops. The floor is is no longer got any kind of symbols on it at all. Uh, the blood and gore in the room has been sucked into the hole. You're standing in an empty room. And the only thing you have in your hand is the scroll of cleansing. Now, all of your aches and pains are gone. With the simulacrum, it would seem that the curse of the simulacrum is gone. Now, you might still have little aches and pains, but they're, they're going to eventually go away. So, before we do a little bit of epilogue, for, um, for defeating Makriot, 1d10 sanity you get. Uh, if the skinless one broke the simulacrum into pieces, 1d10 1D sanity you can add. Uh, for rescuing Arthur Bowman, well, you didn't do that. <laughs> um, Uh, let's see. The very fact that you have seen the defeat of your enemies, uh, 1d4 sanity points. And for having completed the entire campaign, you should receive 4d6 sanity points. Wow. Now, let's talk for a moment about the aftermath. At some point in the next few days, you do manage to have the scroll translated. And what you can see is that it is, in fact, a, a, a ritual of cleansing. Uh, it's just a matter of the, the, the thing that was written on Makriot's paper was not the ritual of cleansing. Um, I'm just going to... Sorry, just, say that again? The thing that was written on the scroll that you chanted was yeah. not the ritual of cleansing. It was a resurrect. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll give you all the details after. Yeah. Um, but at some point, Eldritch, you go ahead and try the ritual of cleansing. And when you do, your blood goes back to normal. For real? Mm-hmm. The cleansing cleanses curses, and your curse is lifted. Um, the only other thing about you guys, I, I don't know how you'll all end it. You will be disturbed for a long time. You've seen some horrible, horrible stuff. Dr. Keith writes a, a, a journal. She's been keeping a journal all along. She keeps that safe. Probably it goes to the Arcane Society eventually. Uh, now... Any questions? Uh, well, I can answer a few things really quick. Makriot knew that you guys were capable, and he knew there was a very good chance that you would kill him somewhere along the line. So he set this whole resurrection thing up, hoping that if he does get killed, you would come here and read the scroll. 
that he left behind. There was no servant. He did this all himself. Um, he did it before he left. Ah. Um, I have a theory about the simulacrum and the Mimsahis and how they are related. I'm not sure if this is backed up by the story writers. I'm not sure there's anything actually said about it. But I think the implication is, is that the Mimsahis was a medical instrument, and so was the simulacrum. The simulacrum was the mold that the elder things used to create us in the first place. That's why it looked like anybody. That's why it could take flesh and form it into light living things. Like so, I thought it was sinister. Like the elder things as in the elder things from Antarctica mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. the ones that created human, the human race. The thing had been around for thousands and thousands of years in a cave somewhere. Yeah. And Ulweth Gawalith or whatever his name was is the first one to find it. And he Nyarlathotep is the skinless one. I knew he, that, yeah. He took the opportunity to set up this whole elaborate thing. And, for shits uh, and giggles, right? For shits and giggles. And uh, guys know. somehow managed to stop it all from happening. Um, so well done. Can I ask? Unless you can't divulge it. Narlethotep said, you are not worthy. What does that mean? And can who can be worthy, if anyone? Well, I'm assuming that the fact that Makriot was an arrogant asshole who put the thing on and thought that he could command an elder god is the reason why Narlethotep just crushed him out of existence. Yeah. He wasn't interested in worshiping Narlathotep, so he's like, or Narlathotep was just like looking at him, like, "Are you out of your fucking mind? You're well, telling me what to do." <laughs> um, I've I've still got <clears throat> that copy of the Razul Al Alberin. I'd I'd like to um, spend a few years studying that, which okay. would involve having to learn Arabic. Okay, I'm sure that all happens. Yes, I'm still getting over my 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 heartbreak, my my breakup with <laughs> the Min Sahif. Should we? Yeah, it was like a, it was like a computerized medical instrument that was feeding into your brain and teaching you how to do all of these things. Unfortunately, the you elder things weren't exactly ethical, as far as we know. So you weren't ethical either. Um, with our reduced. Um constitution does not return to normal now that the yes your constitution eventually returns what doesn't return is your if you had a power loss um to end oh just go go ahead dr keith or Mick, is, we're done is is there any um is there any resulting cthulhu mythos for this encounter with sure yeah i'd say <laughs> yeah <laughs> you, you can do a 1d10 plus 10. Damn. Holy fuck. Damn, 16. Holy fuck. 
I get a nine. <laughs> nine. <laughs> That's, I've just, I've just doubled my Cthulhu Mythos in one roll. My sanity is enormous now. Like I am way saner than when I started. <laughs> well, I, I did uh, say one d ten plus ten, so the lowest roll you could get is eleven. Yes. Right. But I, what I'm pointing out is like uh, I was at. I don't know where I was at. Where was I? I already moved all my stuff. <laughs> now we but can got... speculate. Why don't you guys speculate? What would happen? You'd go back to the Arcane Society. I wonder if any one of you is going to be the next president of the Arcane Society. If um, you if certainly I, have a tremendous amount of knowledge. If I could interject just a tiny bit, because. Mm -hmm. um, in Homecoming, I, I've written a, a little bit, um, assuming that um, that we we survive. Um, I've speculated that the Arcane Society, after the events of the Challenger Lecture in the beginning of this episode or this series, um, it prompted expansion, and they expanded to Providence, uh, New York, and London. Um, they gained prominence, but towards the Depression, they split off. Um, I also wrote in my notes for Homecoming that Smythe is alive and he came back to America. Um, he's not the president, but he exists. Well, he now, Smythe didn't live in America. Well, I'm saying, but that's what I've speculated that he's come to America. That, okay. he, that, uh, that he is a, a wheelchair-bound, sunglass-wearing, quadriplegic lump. Yeah. Um, who is pushed around by a servant. <coughs> He's the same genius that he was. Um, I also wrote that in the, uh, in the New York Arcane Society that they have a wing called the Smythe Wing and a wing called the Coats Wing. But that's all I've got. <laughs> what about you guys? Well, my, my thing was, I was hoping to start out the, this episode that once we got off the train, uh, I received a telegram, and it was actually from my wife, Elizabeth, and in it, she was pleading for me to come home, and she wanted to tell me in person, but since she didn't know when she would see me next, she tells me in the telegram that she's pregnant. Cool. Should we speculate about our other characters? What about Dawkins? What happens to him? Dawkins definitely has a great deal of medical knowledge in his head that he didn't have before. Oh, that stayed. Good. Some of it did. Yeah, although you were never really a medical doctor. I wasn't. Just your knowledge of biology is such that uh, you might still have an obsession with taking a scalpel and, and taking animals apart and seeing what they, how they work inside. You're a vivisector, you dirty. <laughs> well, I did want to, to uh, focus on dreams. And I will start researching a bit more about dreams and how to get back to the dreamland. Mm, yeah, that's a good one. Cool. Because there's nothing, there's nothing left here for me. Do you guys have any questions? Things that make sense to you? Things that... My guess is that over the next couple of weeks, you'll be thinking up questions and you'll email me and say, now, wait a second. <laughs> um, 
I guess my only real question is, is if we've done everything, what, if, the, if the simulacrum is destroyed, if the Memsahis is destroyed, why the modern day campaign? I wonder why. I wonder why. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> that I'm going to be honest with you. Okay. That's why I'm not telling you what the name of the of the the last campaign is. Oh, that's good. <laughs> this campaign was called the Fog Lifts. Okay. The first campaign was actually not the not the ship one, mm-hmm. but the actual campaign was called. Um, Dancers, dances, dancers in the evening fog. So it starts with fog and it ends with fog. I thought that was kind of cool. The fog lifts. We've learned everything now. Well, this was fun. Gone. Was it was our initial task by Smythe to destroy the simulacrum? That was all fake too. Was that from Mafia? That was all fake. That was all. Fake. Uh, Smythe knew nothing about the simulacrum. Okay. It was a very obscure sort of thing. Smy didn't know anything about the simulacrum, but he knew about the blood red feds. Oh yeah, yeah. That was that was his experience. Okay. <clears throat> that really so, was his journal. So Macriot planted that journal for us to find. No. You just found it in the burned rubble of his house. Hmm. All right. Well, Eldridge is going to Russia. He told his wife he can't come back. Bye. <coughs> Never see you guys again. Except that now when you get up there, it's fucking cold. <laughs> well, it's it's Soviet Russia, but uh, but yeah, no, that's where I'm going. Siberia. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, Chatka. Bye. Well, Elizabeth heads back to um, Arkham, um, where having undergone a curious uh, change of personality. Um, she no longer feels the, the urge to keep her relationship secret and having achieved tenure goes on to uh, really scandalize the university for the rest of her career. Oh, yeah. Also, this is not the actual end of horror on the Orient Express that uh, there is one more scenario that's set in the modern day. So... We'll be starting that in a few weeks after we do Reign of Terror. All right, well, let me go ahead and finish it. Can I, real quick, can yes. I just also pause for a second to thank, I mean, you, you may be doing this also, but I want to thank any of the viewers who stuck with this for this long too. So kudos to you guys. Um, and I also want to give a quick shout out to the other players that we've had along the way. Yeah. So, which was what, we started with Riley first, right? Riley and Richard, Richard, and uh, James, James, Simon, Simon, and I think that was it. That was it. We started with with there were nine total, and we're the last four. It's pretty awesome. It's sad, but at the same time, mm-hmm. I can't imagine doing this with anybody else. Mm-hmm. I love you guys. This has yeah. been like some every Thursday night. Except for those eleven episodes I missed in consecutive order, have <laughs> <laughs> been some of the best Thursdays ever. Tom, I know that you're emotional, but seriously, this has been like the greatest thing. I found true friends with you guys. 
This is amazing. And obviously, yes, to thank Tom too, because I mean, how you can hold all this information in your head to run a scenario this huge is astounding to me. Yeah. Thank you. You guys all want t-shirts or something? That's fine. <laughs> yeah. I finished ordering the Orient Express. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Send me your shirt sizes and I'll make them up. Sure. Why not? <laughs> all right. Our players included Thomas McKeon, Mick Swan, Jeff Wilkins, and Wayne Worthy, with myself as the Keeper of the Secrets. We're currently producing four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to become a patron of our show, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar or two a month will help us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We love hearing from you. This is Tom Rayleigh together with all the members of our gaming club inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck, good gaming. Mm -hmm.